Welcome back to episode number 41 of the MP Dude. I am Jeff the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners voice. That's all of our voices, so keep those comments, questions, concerns, headaches, problems, issues, laws, regulations, you name it. I don't care. I want to hear about it. You can email me, jeff at mpdude.com. You can get me on Facebook as well. You guys can listen on iTunes. If you guys are new and this is your first episode, you can always catch me on iTunes. And um, don't forget to, to do the rating there. If you think I'm worth a crap, give me a rating. Give me a rating and uh, say, hey, Jeff's doing okay at this. Or, uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's great, maybe he's not. You know, if I'm not doing great, tell me, though. I want to know why. I, I really do want to know why. And uh, But I want people to go do that rating because some people are, you know, I, I don't know where, how to track that iTunes thing. And I keep saying it, but I just don't. And, you know, I've got a couple comments in there, a couple ratings in there, and so far so good. But, um, you know, I just don't know how many people. I know there's there's more than a handful that have emailed me that are that are listening. So I know my daily download is skewed somewhat, skewed low for how many people are actually listening, which is cool. That's, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, got a good response over the weekend. Huh? Not bad. Couple, we're we're like five away, six away, seven away, something like that from uh, six hundred. So keep keep liking, sharing the show, guys. You guys are doing a good job. Um, today, a couple of things I wanted to go through. One one is just uh, my survival guide to any college. It doesn't matter what it is. I've I've done enough education in post secondary that I I think I've deemed the right to be an expert. And so I'm going to give some of my guidance on what it takes to be successful and what to worry about what not to worry about and why okay we'll do that first and, and just but I want before we do that though I want to I want to talk about another one I'm just going to give you the heads up and then we'll come back and round to it and hopefully I don't mess it up because sometimes I say I'm going to do it and I forget because I get driving and I see turkeys or deer or something and I get flustered so the other one was coming from Facebook and it was about the um The application process or the, the interview process and, and when somebody says, what, um, what, what's your thoughts on your starting number? They say that to you and you're like, I don't want to give them a number. So how do you handle that? And I'll give you some advice on that one too. And I think I may have already kind of top, touched on that topic probably at least once, maybe twice. But let's, we'll clarify it again. And, and some of the advice that I saw was really interesting in that Facebook post, but um, you got to be really careful doing it the way that it was recommended. And everybody was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that idea. Well, uh, you like that idea because it gets you more money. You don't necessarily like that idea because it may not work. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain why here in a little bit. So back to my survival guide. What, what's my survival guide for school? So when, when you start a program, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be basket weaving. doesn't matter what the class is for. doesn't matter what at all. You approach them the same way. And, and I've been successful with this. So what, it, what I always do is I'll take the syllabus and I'll skim through it. You know, they make you read it anyways and you figure out what it is. But I figure out where the points are in the class. This is survival to get the grade, not survival to learn the information. Now, and, and, and there's a big difference. So when, when I was in my, um, uh, pretty much all of them, I tried to learn it to learn it. But, but there were certain classes throughout nursing school, undergrad nursing school. I was like, I just want the grade. I could care less about you know, nursing theory or whatever it was. So you can, you, there's, a, there's an approach to just get the grade, and then there's an approach to learn the material so that you've got it forever. And they're different because you may not get the A if you're learning it for knowing it for the future. 
Like, my, I want to know, you know, all the antibiotics because I'm going to be expected to know which one to use and when. Well, it's probably pretty important that you know how to do that. So I didn't care if I got a B in that class. I, I know how to do it. I don't care about your trickery in the test questions. <laughs> I'm learning it to know it. Okay? And sometimes it overlaps. And if you know it to know it, usually you'll get the A anyways. But not always. So you have to be aware of that and just say, you know what, I don't care what my GPA is in this program because nobody cares if I'm number one in the class or number 25 out of 25. I got the degree. I passed my certification. No one's ever going to ask what class rank I was. Now, in law school, they did. They wanted to know your class rank. Oh, you're 50 percentile? Yeah, we're not going to hire you. You're right in the middle, dude. We want the top 10. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's where law school was. But it's a different animal. So that was, where, that was more important for grades there. You know, grades were all important in law school. didn't really matter that you could learn the material. You were going to relearn it again anyways when you study for the bar exam. And then when you go to do it for a client, you're just going to look the shit up anyways. So it doesn't matter. So it didn't matter how great you were at memorizing. It was it was really a question of do you you know can you get the grade? So it was a different animal. Um, but here's my here's my my recommendation to you. If you want to know the material, to know the material, you have to just get into it. You have to learn everything you can about it. Now, what I always started with was what they said in class. Class notes were most important. Because chances are, if the instructor was writing the exam, they're not going to go pull out some obscure thing out of the book. They may. That might delineate you between the A and the B. But I don't care. You know, if you pull something obscure out of the book, I could care less about the obscurities. I want to know the main stuff. The main stuff. Because that's the stuff you're going to see on, on, a, on a 9 times out of 10 or more higher. 99 out of 100 times out of, the, out of your day, you're going to see this, the, the main stuff. That one, you're going to have to look it up anyways. So, so, so what? Who cares? So my, my recommendation for the education process is read through the syllabus, find out where the points are first before you even start down the road because you might put too much emphasis on the wrong thing. You know, if, if the exams are very lowly weighted but the, the online posts are, you know, 80% of the grade, where are you going to spend your time? You're on the online posts. And that's a horrible way to learn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't agree with that. But that, that's where you're going to spend your time. So don't waste your time reading the book if you're doing online posts for 80% of your grade. Now, if you like reading the book, go for it. But you know how many books I read, read in, in NP school? Like sat down and read the chapter? Zero. <laughs> I read zero. I read the class notes. I took my class notes. The things I didn't understand or didn't remember from my undergrad. But my undergrad was really good, so keep that in mind, too. There was, I didn't have to do a lot of extra work to relearn the stuff. It was, it was just, oh, yeah, I, I saw that five years ago, and I, I kind of remember that. And it was relearning it. It's always easier to relearn it. So what I would do is I would take and supplement I would take the information from class. If it didn't sound right or didn't feel right from something that I that I learned in the past, I would go pull that information, reread that paragraph or that section out of the book. But I never read chapter straight through. Never once. Ever. Two years. Never. I gave that up in law school. I'm not going to do that again. I'll, I'll spot check myself. And, and that might not be the best way for you, but that's what it was for me. I, I spent my majority of my time in the class notes, and then I uh, supplemented where I needed to. And, but I knew what was what was expected of me in the syllabus on day one. Where are the points allocated? And outline what you need to do to get it done. So it's a good planning up front. 
put it in your phone, put it in your schedule, make sure that you got it done, you know, put all your stuff on a master schedule, which is, you know, that's just common sense and most people do that anyways. But make a common schedule with all your life experiences and everything so that way if you know, oh crap, I'm going out of town, I got a post due Sunday night online, what I better do that one on Wednesday when I got a free time on a Wednesday evening or something, whatever it is. So that that's my recommendation is just to find out where your where your numbers are uh, allocating points and go with it, and that's to get the grade. Now, if you really want to learn it, you got to immerse yourself in it, and there's no there's no way around that. that whether that means the, if the instructor's good, it's spending time in their notes. If the instructor's poor, it means spending time on YouTube and Google and 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 finding the the information in the textbook. If the textbook that the the instructor said this is the one we're using and it's crap, and it doesn't follow the notes in the book at all, then then you know I don't know what to tell you. Look for another one online, Amazon, something like that. Go to the Facebook forums, ask people, hey, what's a good book for this? That's a good way to do it too. Now here's the problem with that though. And this is the problem that I always came into, especially in my MP school, when I saw people reading the book for hours and hours and hours, getting good information, but it's too much information. They can't retain it. You just can't. It's not like reading a novel where you can remember the story. Stories you remember. Story, stories are easy to, to recall. You know, most of modern history was told by stories. You know, I mean, the, the Bible was, was stories before it was printed. I mean, people told it around the campfire. And it was, you know, it's been done over and over again. So the point being is that reading wrote just information, just written down, hey, this is diabetes insipidus, and this is this, and, and, and that's boring. It's not a story. You're not going to learn it. You're not going to memorize it. You might understand the concept of it. So when you see it again later, you're like, oh, I kind of remember that concept of that. I just got to go look it up. And some of it might stick. But the problem is, is that you're filling your brain with things that aren't necessarily related to what the exam's going to be. So that's a that's a bad problem, right? I mean, I just I, I got great information in my head. It's just not at all what the what the professor wants me to know. <laughs> Whoops, that's a screw up. Even if it's the same concept and it's the same topic, it might be might be explained in more detail in the the uh, in the textbook. Way more detail than what you're expected to know, and you could get yourself twisted around on problems. And and the professor's doing more generalized, you know, that you understand the big picture, and you're in the weeds. And now there's a miscommunication between the two of you, and now you're, now you're getting a C because you you know you you knew the material too well. Ask me how I know about that one. <laughs> My psych undergrad nursing. Mm -hmm. I knew it m way more in depth than I needed to, and they went they went big picture, and I went deep. And my first exam, I blew it. I think I got a low C on it because I I was and I went and argued. I was yelling at the prof I, it was I was pissed. I was I that then after that I vowed I will never sit in the class review after the exam. Never gonna happen. Won't do it again because I didn't want to be that guy. Because I didn't want to sit there and argue because I I knew I was right. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I was right. I was absolutely right. And they wouldn't hear it because they wanted the big picture. They didn't want the, the nitty-gritty details. I knew it too well. Not being arrogant, but that, that it happens. So the biggest thing that I've seen in my nurse practitioner program, that was it was the inconsistencies between the book and the class notes. And it's because here's what happens. The, the, the professors are practicing NPs, typically. They don't have a lot of time. So they're going off what they think they remember, or it was generalizations that their professor made to make it easier for them to remember 15, 10 years ago. 
and they're using their old school notes coming up with their concepts of how things are done. But in reality, that's not how it really works physiologically or, you know, by biomechanics or whatever. It's really not exactly what it is. They might use some of the right words, but when you get into the details, they're wrong. Not wrong, but just overgeneralized. So that's where the book book can be actually a problem. That's why I stopped reading the book. It was too it was too detailed. If I need that background information, I'll go back and look it up. I don't need it. I don't need that to know which antibiotic to use for you know for strep A. I just don't. I just need to know what class to use. Done. And and I'm not oversimplifying. And a physician listening to this might say, "Well, that's exactly why we are better than the nurse practitioners." No, we do go into detail on a lot of things. It's just you got to know when it's when it's valuable and when it's not. You know, we're not going to be expected to be doing, you know, cardiothoracic surgery, and we don't need to know where every single vessel is in the chest wall. I mean, it's just it's not what we do. You don't need that, especially in primary care. We don't do that stuff. Don't need to. Generalized. So that's that's kind of my my take on it now, um, but I, again, the the two questions you need to ask yourself are: Is it for the grade only? So is it like a theory class or an APRN class or something like that? You're just trying to jack up your GPA a little bit and give yourself a buffer for the other classes. And then the other one is: um, Is are you doing it to learn it for really learning it? And so my my recommendation in AP school is always for the classes where you have a clinical, you're learning it to know how to do it. Period. It's not for the grade. And if you're doing it for the grade, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're there to learn it so that when you're out, you're confident and you pass your certification. It's easier for you to do that and, and go with it from there. That's that's the, the idea. So I'm not beating up on it anymore. If you guys have specific questions, if you have um, recommendations, if you want to know how I got through a certain something, um, email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. You can uh, leave a comment below, comment on the Facebook page, PM me. You guys, You guys know how to get me by now. But I'll keep telling you anyways, because there's always new people listening. So don't hesitate to call me or, uh, or not call me. You're not going to call me because I'm not going to answer. PM me. Send me a note. Send me an email. I'll get back to you. I promise. All right. Second issue today. We were talking about the, um, you go to your interview and everything's going great. They love you. You love them. Now they're sitting down and they're talking uh, money. And then the numbers aren't out yet, but they're, 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 they want to see what you think you're worth. And this is a this is a question a testing you know they're testing your metal, right? M e t t l e metal. They're testing how you know what your your fortitude is. Can you push back? That's part of it too. That's why I, I would do this in an interview. What do you what do you want to get paid out of this? Because if they're astronomical, I'm going to say you're out. You have no clue what you're doing, right? So that's a good guidepost. And if they come in low, they don't value what they do. I'm not going to hire the guy that says I'll take you know seventy grand for a hundred thousand dollar job. He's going to be pissed in six months and leave. I don't want that guy. I'm not getting a deal with that because it's going to be more of a headache down the line. I want somebody who knows exactly what they're worth and how much, you know, I want them to say the number that's in my head or within, you know, 5%, somewhere in there. So here's the problem. What do you say? What do you, you know, they, you don't want to give your cards away and say, well, I'll take 85, you know, as a new grad. I don't know. You know, not that I would, but that's that's what some people do. I'll take 80. I know I, I'm, I'm, it's a learning year. I'll take 80 and I'll, you know, as long as I could be 95, 100 next year, I'll be good. And there's no guarantees that's going to happen. Right? So, one of the Facebook post comments was 
ask them what they would pay a physician and then do logic with them about you know well if you if you pay me 75% of what the physician's rate is then you bill me out at 85% of the rate then you're going to get 10% on top of everything else plus the profit that's built into my rate huh that's a good idea right I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, if you do that one. You might. You might be able to get and pull that off with a certain type of person, with a certain group of people. But guess what? In this market, if you go in with that attitude, you know, I'm, I'm 75% of what a physician is, and, you know, it's just, and you're talking to a doctor, they don't see you at 75%. They just don't. You're not even half in their mind, quality wise, numbers wise. It's just not going to happen. You're going to sound arrogant. You're going to. I just don't. Try, I don't know how that's going to work for you. Good luck. I, you know, maybe it'll work. And that person maybe did that. Maybe they pulled it off. But I think the majority of nurses aren't going to be able to pull that one off. So what I think you need to do, the recommendation I would say is, um, know what you want first because you're going to know. In your market, you've already interviewed. You've had a job, or you maybe you haven't, but you see your friends getting jobs, and you know what they're getting paid. You know what the market is. You know how much money you're going to get. So why would you go in saying, oh, give me 75% of what a physician... You know, a physician might make 180, 200 grand a year in family practice. You're going to get me $175,000? $150,000? Bullshit. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to... It's unrealistic. And it's, oh, yeah, it's a good starting point, but, yeah, but you already put a bad flavor in their mouth. They're not going to negotiate with you. There's 10 other people just like you that are saying, I'll take 100 (laughs) right behind you. Why would you do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's it, it's it, it would be too scary. If somebody came into me with that, even with logic, I I I probably would just say, yeah, we'll keep your we'll keep your resume on file. <laughs> and if everything else falls through, we'll give you a call. <laughs> and there's ten people behind you. I just it doesn't. If you're in a good market, man, you might be able to pull that crap off. But I, where I am, if I tried to do that one, I would not have gotten any offers. I'm just telling you, I know it. I know it. So you got to go in knowing what you're worth. What's your value, right? So if you if you're making 100 grand a year at one place and you're going to go to another place that does the same thing in the same community and there's people willing to jump into the position you're giving up, you're probably not going to make much more than 100. You might get 105, 110 with experience, but you're not going to get 150. It's just not going to happen. So if you start with your negotiation at 150, the people they're going to look at you and laugh at you. They're going to laugh you out the door. They'll end the interview right there. 150? All right, we're done here. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. There's too many people out there looking for jobs. We don't have the market uh, the market on our side right now. Even though there's a need, it's just uh, there's, there's not enough space, physical space. There's not enough chairs. And until the chairs are built and there's funding for it, uh, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not that way. Not northeast Ohio, anyways. So go and know what you what you want. Now I would I don't hesitate to turn it back on them. And this is where the test is. This is where they're testing your metal. So here's what happens to me. Say, so, well, Jeff, what are you thinking about making? Well, you know, I have a number right in my head right now, but I want you to write it down. What you what you want to pay? What you're able to pay me? And if it's close, then we'll talk. I don't have a problem doing that. That's open ended. Yeah, write it down. You tell me what you think I'm worth. Now let's talk about it. We're just talking here. There's no nothing set in stone. Even if you come in with a low number and, and you know, ah, you know what? I really think that that's not fair. Here's where I and here's why. 
but if they may come in significantly higher than what you're expecting. <laughs> they may say, oh, well, we'll give you 115. We'll give you 125. You were thinking for 105. They're going to give you 125? Oof. What if you went in with 105 or 110? Yeah, I just, I, I wouldn't show my cards. And I don't. I always tell people, you tell me what you think I'm worth. And then we'll go from there. Just turn it right back on them. And if they don't know, they don't know. But then you say, well, why don't you come up with a number and you give me an offer? And we'll go from there. And they'll know what the market's telling them because they'll have done some shopping. They'll talk to their buddies that are working in other offices and they'll say, hey, how much do you pay the MPs in your office? I pay mine 110. All right, so they, they, got a, they got an idea, the order of magnitude. As long as you're within that order of magnitude, they're going to be okay with it. And it also depends on this, too. This is where that, that advice, I think, fails. Most NPs don't see nearly as many patients as the physicians do, just because of the way that we do healthcare. We just do it differently. It takes us more time, but we're more thorough, and that's why people like us. So if you wanted me to see 15-minute visits all day long and cram my schedule full, yeah, I expect to make a lot more money, you know, closer to what a physician makes. But, you know, I see 20-minute slots, and I spend a lot of time, and I take my time with the patients, and I, you know, I mean, I'm always busy, but... But, you know, you, you spend more time with them. So you're just not as valuable, money-wise. Not, not in effect, but in bringing the money in. Because you're only going to see X number per hour. And they're doing Y times two. <laughs> they're doing a ton. They're pounding them through. But that's a reason that people want to see their nurse practitioner now. And, and a lot of times people don't want to see the, the physicians. It goes both ways, but... And I know some physicians that do take the time and do that, so I'm not trying to bash on physicians. I just think that when your name's on the sign out front, you have to keep the lights on. You've got to see a certain amount of patients, especially if you've got you know, kids you want to put through college and, and paying for that boathouse and the extra you know, chalet in the mountains and you know, all the crap that you want in life. You've got to work. You've got to work your butt off. And they can do it, and that's fine, but that's not what we do. We kind of cap out. So that expectation is a little different. So I don't know if that's a good analogy to say 75% of a physician is what a nurse practitioner can bring in and you're still going to make 10% because you're not. You're, you're probably not going to see the same number of patients as the physician. You're just not. So that's what I think. That's my take on it. Um, put it back on them. Let them tell you what you're worth. And then, and then talk about it. Say, hey, we're, we're going to talk about this. I'm not going to just say no. We're gonna, I'll come back and we'll explain and we'll go through it. But let them say the number first. They, if they want you, they'll give you a number. If they ask you for the number, don't say it. Because they, they they're, they're probably just testing you. Because they know where they're going to end up paying anyways. So show some backbone and say, nope, um, I'd like to hear what you have. You offer. And then I'll go from there. So... That's my take. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget, you can listen on iTunes. You can catch me on my website, thenpdude.com. Email me, jeff at thenpdude.com. You can always get me on Facebook. Like and share the show as much as possible. And uh, I just appreciate it, guys. I'm having a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. We'll talk soon.